Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, Scott, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. All right, I've got good levels. Let's see here. Okay. All right. I think we are ready. So here we go. Three, two, one. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. And it's John Chuck Show live on this Friday evening with you. is day three in the books for Falcons training camp. And, of course, we've got all of your coverage as we are the radio flagship home of the Atlanta Falcons. And somebody who knows a little bit about the uh, team, let's go out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let us Ford dealer. He is the Atlanta Falcons digital managing editor for AtlantaFalcons.com. Scott Bear is joining us. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Scott Bear NFL. Scott, appreciate the time. Thanks for a few minutes on the show with me tonight. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. You know, I want to talk to you first about the relationship between Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. Do you look at it as a competition? Is it a mentorship? Like, how do you look at that relationship between these two quarterbacks where, you know, Heineke's got, you know, a few years under his belt, but he's not a 14-year veteran or anything like that. How do you view this relationship between these two guys? Yeah, well, actually, uh, Taylor spoke to the press earlier on Friday and talked about that very thing. So this is a very timely question. And what he said was that he understands his role here as sort of a mentor with some experience and a clear-cut number two. He harbors, or at least publicly, har- uh, harbors no illusions that he's going to win this starting gig before the first game of the regular season. And he is taking his job seriously in that he wants to provide the best um, you know, uh, advice to Desmond Ritter entering his second year. Taylor's been around the block. He has a lot of starting experience. And where he thinks that he's going to be most valuable, Taylor says, is that during the regular season, when he sees different defenses every single week, Taylor can help him adjust and move on and try to exploit those defensive weaknesses. And actually, Arthur Smith said something very interesting. This is a very gritty, unheralded quarterback room. If you think about it, Desmond Ritter, third-round pick, uh, Taylor Heineke has been cut a bunch of times, and his resilience, Logan Woodside, was not a you know highly touted pick. That these are these are grinders. These are guys who have similar experiences, who've gone from the bottom up and really kind of worked their way into these jobs. So ultimately, I think that there is a strong bond there. But I do think Taylor is under the understanding that yes, he is the number two, 
But as the number two, you're always one play away from being number one. You know, Scott, I have consistently talked about, I think that the low-key best move the Falcons made in this entire offseason wasn't a player or a trade or a draft or anything like that. It was Jerry Gray coming to this team. And when I look at what his track record has been, whether it's working with Jair Alexander, who had nothing but bouquets to throw at Jerry Gray, whether I look at, I don't know, 2010 when there were a couple of safeties in Seattle named Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor that turned out pretty good. This guy has got a track record for building strong secondary units. And while I think that this has been the biggest improvement in the secondary, you know, again, there is so much more room for, you know, potential, whether it's Jesse Bates getting back on track, whether it's Jeff Okuda, you know, proving that he is, you know, worthy of the third round pick or third pick of the draft. I, I just think that the combination of Jerry Gray and the talent in this room, this could be something special for this team. Yeah, and um, I was watching practice on Friday, and there was a very small moment that maybe fans didn't pick up on. And uh, Cornell Armstrong, he had great coverage on uh, Zay uh, Malone, one of their undrafted guys. And Cornell had great coverage. He got his hands up, and Zay just plucked it out of the sky for a touchdown. Cornell couldn't have done much better. He fell on the ground. He was laying on the ground, and Jerry Gray came rushing up to him. He didn't come up to yell at him for allowing the touchdown. He didn't pick him up and say, boy, get him next time. He waited for, for, for Armstrong to stand up and immediately started coaching him on a subtle technical thing that could have turned that touchdown into an incompletion. And that's the type of thing that an experienced secondary coach can offer somebody like Cornell Armstrong, can offer somebody like Jesse Bates, or even uh, some of these top starting quarterbacks. And having that level of that like teach first mentality, not always yell first or not always rah-rah first is something that I think is very important for this group. And look, there's a lot of talent here. There's also a lot to prove here. And I think that Jerry Gray understands that. And I think that he was a perfect addition to this group in terms of helping them from a non-player perspective. I absolutely agree with you, especially after watching him work subtly. Even in the cafeteria, he's always in guys' ears, kind of trying to get them that half a percent better with everything that he says. I think that's a fantastic uh, observation and something that we're already seeing play out even this early in camp. Scott Baer, Digital Managing Editor for AtlantaFalcons.com, joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. What's the question that you have that you want to feel like you have a good answer to by the time we get through camp in the preseason is there something that you're still looking at and kind of inquisitive about and want some answers by the time we get to the regular season yeah I mean I hate to go with the obvious here but we're talking about an offseason that was spent building around an offseason spent if I can say that right Hmm. built helping build around a third-round, second-year quarterback, right? Desmond Ritter, I think, has lots of talent. He has lots of leadership skill. Only four starts, right? Got to prove it. He's not going to prove it in the preseason. And whether he plays in a lot of preseason games or not doesn't really matter to me. But can we start to see him take real command and get in a good practice rhythm? How is he going to do in those joint practices against the Dolphins? Are we going to start to see him truly take command of this? Because I think – Decent quarterback play 
and this team is real scary. So that is my biggest question mark, and I may not get the exact answer, but I think that's important. Can they protect Desmond? Can he deliver shots downfield, and can he operate this running game well? Those are going to be key things. I know quarterback is the most obvious answer, but when I look at how the secondary is playing, when I look at how these running backs are playing and how these wideouts are developing and are crisp and big, talented route runners, I think if this quarterback can get these skilled players the ball on time, this offense could be pretty fascinating. Um, I didn't say excellent, but could be pretty fascinating. So I need to see more positives from this quarterback as we continue throughout the preseason. And, and you know, Scott, to that point, I mean, the things I look at, you know, and again, Desmond was my favorite draft pick last year because I, I, I just, I loved watching him in college and, and the kid's a winner, you know, and, and there, yeah. is, and, and I always talk about this on my show that there is something innate about winning. I don't care if you put up big numbers, big stat, like there are a lot of NFL quarterbacks that put up huge numbers, that their, that their franchise never advances. They don't win. And at the end of the day, give me a guy who wins. Give me a guy who, whether he puts up big numbers or not, finds a way to win games. And I think that was the impressive thing about Ritter is that you not only saw him get better, but they finished 2-2 two and two down the stretch. And say what you will, but again, you know, for a kid to come in in his first four games and be able to kind of pull that off and – Again, there wasn't really a whole lot to play for, and guys are not trying to get hurt and things like that. But he did find a way to win ball games, and he did get better each week. That's the thing that impresses me about him is that you look at what his college career is. This kid's a winner through and through. He took Cincinnati to levels that they never even imagined that they could go to, and that's what I love about him, just his ability to find ways to win games and, and just – Again, you don't overwow, you know, he's not overwowing people with stats, but he's just a winner through and through. Yeah, I mean, 44 and 6 in college. My favorite stat is undefeated at home. Mm -hmm. um, and I hate to keep bringing up these small kind of little details, but that's, I think, what we're looking for as, as indicators of what a player can be. And against New Orleans in his NFL debut in a tough place to play against a very good defense, I think they had a fourth and 15 or something. And uh, like in the fourth quarter, they're trying to come back or, and tie or either win that game. And the ball felt incomplete, right? Kind of hit Drake London in the hands and didn't really stick. But the ball was delivered on a line under pressure exactly where it was supposed to go. The throw was not the problem why that play wasn't complete. But he found a way. I know preseason doesn't mean a gosh darn thing, right? But it's fourth down. He's scrambling all over the place against the Lions. Gets outside fires an absolute bullet to Jared Bernhardt down the field, right? That gamer mentality yep. is so crucial for quarterbacks, especially for quarterbacks with a good run game, because eventually that run game can take you a while. Maybe it can win you some games. Maybe the explosive playmakers can help you, but there's going to be a select number of times, John, and you and I both know this. I'm making them a number four, five, three, games where it's going to come down to the fourth quarter and it's going to be on the quarterback to deliver the ball on time when it matters most can he do that some guys with massive stats cannot I think that Desmond has that kind of gamer gene and I think that that's going to help the Falcons this season all right Scott I am um, I am a huge proponent and I talk religiously about this on my show sacking the quarterback if you can't do anything else in the NFL on defense if you can sack the quarterback, you can be a playoff caliber defense. 
Does Ebba Katie or somebody like that, can they find a way to be an 8 or 10 sack guy? Again, I always talk about 40 is that magical number, that if you can get to 40 sacks in the NFL, you can be a playoff team and even beyond. Do we have enough in the pass rush? Could there be a signing, you know, again, Ingram, Houston, uh, Ngakwe? There are guys that are out there that their job is to kill quarterbacks for a living. Could we see somebody added? Do you think that we have enough as we go into the season right now? Yeah, I like that you brought up the number 40, right? Because it's really easy to say, all right, well, the Falcons added a bunch to their defense line. Are they the Eagles? Uh, no, right? Are they the next caliber at, at 50? Are they going to jump, you know, 25 or 30 sacks in one season based upon the talent that's been added to this team? No. Right, they're still learning the scheme. Um, I think that they could get to that number. I think that they could cross that line without a ten sack guy because I think there's off the top of my head there might be five or six guys who can get to five, and I think that that's really important. And then you kind of add some other sacks, other places. A guy who could get to eight is Grady Jarrett, right? Because now all of a sudden he had six and a half last year, and he won't ever say this, so I will. He was getting double teamed and sometimes even more. And now he's got Onyemata and he's got Campbell and he's got uh, Dupree as healthy as he's been in the last three years. And Arnold Abacady is doing a bunch of different things in these outside linebacker roles. And I think as fans will see Ryan Nielsen's come together, uh, defense come together, you're going to see these uh, outside backers do a lot of interesting things. So I think it could be a by-committee thing. I don't think that there's necessarily one dominant pass rusher on this team, but I think that there's a big enough collection of talent here where, where like you could look at a Caden Ellis, five, Bud Dupree, six, Jarrett, eight, Onyemata, four, uh, Campbell, five and a half, and AK, five and a half. And all of a sudden, they, they come at you in waves and from different locations. They have speed at linebacker. They can do so much with delayed blitzes that I think that and I go back to Ryan Nielsen's introductory press conference. He was asked, can you improve this pass rush? And he got that kind of smile that he's got going, and he just goes, we're going to get it going. <laughs> and you could just tell the confidence. So I think that confidence is wearing off on his players. Maybe not a 10-sack guy, but I think that by committee, they're going to be much better getting after the quarterback. And sacks matter more than pressures. They just do. Game-changing plays. Um, and I do think that that number will go up. 40, I'm taking the over there. So, last question for you. Is there a guy that you're looking at on this roster that maybe we're not talking enough about that is low-key, maybe going to have a big impact for this team? Is there somebody that you're kind of eyeballing that we're not really giving you know, enough talk to about that uh, will be a big key for this roster this year? I, I wouldn't call Mac Hollins unheralded. Right, because people know who he is. He had kind of a breakout year last year, about 700 yards for the Vegas Raiders. Um, but he's always been a special teamer before that. So you kind of wonder, okay, was that just a good opportunity or what comes next? But having watched him play, and I, I told him this uh, on Friday, is that he's a big guy who plays big, and he is a physical receiver, and he runs really crisp, aggressive routes. And when you look at, okay, like what's – uh, you know, like wide receiver one, uh, Drake London. Okay, what's wide receiver two? He's a he's a tight end by Kyle Pitts, right? And who cares about the numbers? But I think that Mac Hollins is going to find a way to assert himself, especially on third and medium, right? Third and pushing eight or ten, and he's going to be aggressive and available in those types of situations. And yeah, he's not like an undrafted guy, but I think he's a guy 
that could step in and be that player. I also look at a guy like D. Alford, right? We all know he's from a small college at CFL. That's another guy. You ask Gary Gray, you ask Steven Jackson, their, uh, their other secondary coach, you ask Ryan Nielsen. There's no bad things to have been said about him. No bad things to have been said to this point about Clark Phillips. And I think that uh, between Mac Hollins and those kind of depth pieces in the secondary, that maybe one of those guys emerges and becomes a really, really good slot corner right away or becomes that third option in the pattern that makes the Falcons a lot more dangerous. Um, that's how they can kind of take those next levels. In order to be good, right, you got to have your stars play like stars. And then you need elevated games, or like elevated play from some of these guys that we're talking about. If they can get elevated play from Mac Hollins and D. Alford and guys like that, again, this team has a chance. This division is wide open. It doesn't mean it's a given for the Falcons. Um, it's going to be competitive. Can they compete? Uh, I think that's the recipe to do it. Yeah, it, the uh, the joke is outplay your contract, right? That's the that's the yeah. that's the term for it. Scott Bear is the digital managing editor for AtlantaFalcons.com. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Scott Bear NFL, and he joined me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Scott, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much for a few minutes on the show tonight. We will certainly chat again soon. One hundred percent. Thanks for the time, man. You got it, John Chuck. We will be back. Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game and the Odyssey dot com app. All right, Scott. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much for a few minutes uh, on the show tonight. So, uh, one, yeah, one hundred percent, man. That yeah. was great. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so we will uh, we'll definitely talk to you again here soon, man. We'll catch up. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you. All right, we'll see you, buddy. Bye bye. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.